Hello and welcome to episode 72 of Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. I am still away in the beautiful Canadian mystery. That's where I am. Um, but I'm speaking to you from the past where I am in New York City. So it's like a simultaneous, simultaneity of place and time that can happen through recordings. Which is actually kind of wild when you think about it. Um, anyway, today is, uh, well, I guess that's appropriate for today because today's episode is about um, my experience of a radio show and podcast. Um, yeah, I think I'm just going to get right into it because it's kind of a long one. I did not intend for this to be a blog. I really started, this whole thing started with just a letter. But the letter didn't go anywhere, and so for a variety of reasons, I felt that I should uh, blog it up a little bit. And it's weirdly getting a lot of views. I was not expecting that. I really thought that this was going to be pertinent to me and my friend who I was there with and possibly the other women who were there that night. Um, but it's gotten more view- way more views than I expect. So... Anyway, that's that's interesting. Um, so if, yeah, here it is. It's called My Respect Was Yours to Lose or Why Radio Lab Broke My Heart a Little. When I first heard Radio Lab, almost a decade ago, I was entranced. I'd never heard anything like it before, and it was thrilling audio. Whenever it came through my podcast feed, it was the first thing I'd listened to before any of my other programs. The episodes on time and music were as powerful for me as a good production of theater. Their live show with Palabalus was good theater. It was a better show than most theater, I see. I loved Radio Lab so much, I wished more people listened to it so I could describe one of my theater practices using it as a reference. I tell you all this fangirl stuff so that you know where my love for these guys began and where it is now. See, in recent years, Radiolab episodes often languish in my podcast feed, partly because other podcasts have replaced it in my affections, but also because it has changed. Listening to it was once like listening to art, a blend of sound, music, and story, a series of factual short stories in an art wrapper. Lately, It's become like every other well-produced podcast in my feed, journalistic, professional, with up-to-the-minute and historical stories. It's still well-crafted and well-considered, but I don't need to listen to it the way I used to. I don't begrudge the guys who do Radiolab their new developments. I fully respect that artists change and follow their own interests. A good artistic practice demands that willingness to change. Artists are lucky if our audiences come with us on those journeys. If this were just about that shift, about this particular audience member losing interest, I probably wouldn't be writing this. But I've now had an experience with Radiolab that puts this all in a new light for me. My friend and I went to a live taping of a show slash debate about the First Amendment for the More Perfect show, which is their spinoff about the Supreme Court. To explain what happened, I'll just include the message I sent to them about it. Dear Radiolab, I'm a longtime fan of the show and a fan of the new spinoff, too. I was at the debate last night and had some thoughts. 
When Jad declared the winner of the first debate based on audience response, my friend leaned in and whispered, they didn't win. They're just louder. I nodded vehemently. A group of guys came in loud and they finished loud and the whole conversation last night struck me as highly gendered. Since this is a show you're still working on, I just wanted to raise this issue in the hopes that you might be able to consider the gender dynamics of the questions. When the show began, we were encouraged to be loud, to make noise, to boo and hiss and so on, and some of the crowd, the mostly white male First Amendment enthusiasts, were happy to oblige. This felt like the beginning of a gender bias tilt in the evening. Some context. Women have been socialized to not do any of these things in public space, so even if we have been given permission, we are still hyper alert as to whether we are in a safe space to do so. From the beginning of the evening, it was clear that we were not in such a safe space. To even risk applauding in the face of the very deep-voiced enthusiasm for being able to say whatever you want was too much for many of the women around me. And here's the thing. I'm pretty agnostic in this conversation. I'm still working out what I think, but I found myself trying to make noise on the other side of the First Amendment cheerleaders just to try and find some balance. It's pretty easy for a white man to be in full support of the First Amendment. White men tend not to be victims of abuse or vulnerable to hate speech, at least not until they start to speak out for those that are. After last night's debate, I wondered if all hardline First Amendment people were white men. I know that can't possibly be the case, but there was such a bro atmosphere on the topic, even with a woman debating their side, that I became concerned that any support of unfettered free speech must suggest extreme white male privilege. I'd love to hear another perspective on your show when you air it. If you listen to W. Kamau Bell's conversation with Lee Rowland from the ACLU on Politically Reactive, for example, you'll hear a far more nuanced and sensitive perspective on free speech. Can you get Lee Rowland for your show? Or talk to Malkia Cyril at the Center for Media Justice? I understand the appeal of the boxing match slash debate experience. It probably feels entertaining to some, but it wasn't a fair fight. For those of us who feel particularly vulnerable to attack, for whom the threat of online abuse often keeps us out of those spaces, the debate felt like yet another public space that women really weren't welcome in or comfortable to participate in. As a longtime listener of the show, I know you all to be thoughtful and considerate interviewers, investigators, and curiosity seekers, so the tenor of this experience was surprising to me. This is why I think it's worth letting you know about the experience of some of the unheard voices in your audience. Thank you so much for your work. It means a lot to all of us. I'm just hoping you might be able to make this show um, more perfect, as it were. Respectfully, Emily. That was my letter. Finding contact information was more difficult than I would have expected. On the first platform where I could find contact information, I received no reply. I sent it again through another channel. No reply. Not even an auto-response like, thank you for your message. Nothing. I really expected better of them, and that's why I bothered to write them a letter. This is not something I've done before, really. I expected better of the show, and I expected a better response to my hopes for a more inclusive conversation. But my letter was ignored, and so, I assume, were my concerns. And now that I find myself dismissed, I've started to re-examine some assumptions I made about the show in general. 
I assumed they'd want to create a more inclusive atmosphere because I wanted that to be true, but now I'm not so sure. Now that I've seen the show that I saw and gotten no response to my letter, I start to listen to the show in a different way. I used to hear two charming intellectuals bantering about ideas. Now I hear two white dudes needlessly scrabbling. I used to hear a kind of playful playground of curiosity. Now that I recognize that I'm not welcome on that playground, those games look a lot less fun. I listen differently now. Now I'm looking for how I misread the scene. I'm looking for sexism that I missed. I don't tend to miss much. I've got a well-honed sexism radar. I search for where I misread the signals of inclusivity, how I could have thought this space might have made space for me. My experience with this show is a little like having accidentally walked into a frat party and seen your professor and your TA getting drunk and hitting on the grad students. It's like technically fine, I guess, since everyone's adults, but just gross, man. It's just gross. And I, and now you won't be able to think of anything but that frat house whenever your professor and TA are lecturing. Anyway, that show about the First Amendment has come out now, and I just can't make myself listen to it. Not listening to it allows me to believe that maybe they took my thoughts on board, even if they didn't let me know. But I really doubt they did. Given what I saw and felt that night, I really doubt it. Here's another thing that happened that night, a moment that made me feel like I had to write that letter initially and that I had to say something now that I've been ignored. That is, in the final round, the host, Jad, phrased the debate question in such an incredibly biased way that no one could assent to it, making it seem as though that side had lost in a landslide. Every woman around me sort of shook her head like, uh, no. And I shouted. I, I don't shout. But I shouted to the host something like, could you rephrase that? I pushed past my own discomfort with the power dynamics and the way the room felt to insist on a modicum of respect for the people who held that view. Afterwards, quite a few women thanked me for speaking up, and I understand, or rather I understood, that I had to speak up then, and that I had to speak up afterwards. I guess I'm a person who shouts now. Now I say something, even when it's a seemingly small detail. And while I'm sad that a show I once loved disappointed me, being disappointed like this is not a unique experience for me. A lot of us women will give men we admire the benefit of the doubt. We will stretch ourselves to make them right because we admire them. In this case, the Radio Lab men had a lot of admiration to buffer them, but once the shine comes off, once the scales fall from our eyes, well, we will give you a chance. But then that's it. The stretching to accommodate your genius is over. And we will shout if we have to. We're shouters now. We will shout. So, Radio Lab, RIP. I mean, what's funny is I have listened to episodes since then. It's not like I'm like, I boycott Radio Lab. It's just. It's not so much fun. <laughs> so I, I don't, I mean, normally here's where I recommend a podcast and I, and I kind of, I don't know what to do because I want to be like radio lab, I guess. But so maybe after reading, listening, experiencing this, 
you want to listen to some Radiolab, um, I will tell you that the early ra- early Radiolab is is the is pretty awesome, or it was. I don't know if it still is, um, and uh, I would be very curious for people to listen to this episode of More Perfect. It's called something like the Hate Debate, and. Apparently, I, I do have one friend who's listened to it, and, and it's uh, apparently terrible. Um, and they didn't, of course, take on any of my concerns. Um, uh, yeah, but the debate itself was probably two hours, maybe 90 minutes or something, and the show is 34 minutes. So even in the edited version, it's... Um, it's still pretty much a horror show, from what I understand. But but I but if you're curious, I would listen to it and um, report back. Let me know what what you experienced, um, if you're if you're so inclined. Um, especially my ladies, because um, I'm not going to listen to it. <laughs> and my friend who I was with is also not going to listen to it. So uh, neither of us are. We've we've had we've had our fill. Um, so I will listen to your reports though about it. So please. Um, so for song, uh, I I I am working on "Shout" by Tears for Fears, uh, but it's not ready. I, it's going to take me a minute because, you know, this is just a post about shouting. Um, so so um, this episode is going out when, when I'm away from my microphone. So it may not actually be shout by the time this makes it to you because that will mean I will have learned it real quick. Um, or it will be a, a, a bad recording on a not great microphone. So this might be shout that you're about to hear. And if it's not, just know that, you know, shout is on its way. It's just, um, it's going to take me a minute to figure out how to, how to, uh, how to make it work a bit. So this is some song you're about to listen to. Here it is. Come on, 
I'm talking to you, come on. They gave you life, and in return you gave them hell. As cold as ice, I hope you live to tell a tale. I hope we live to shout, shout, let it all out. These are the things I can do without. Come on, I'm talking to you. Come on, shout, shout, let it all out. These are the things I can do without. Come on, I'm talking to you. Come on. your mind. I'd really love to break your heart. I'd really love to shout, shout, let it all out. These are the things I can do without. Come on, I'm talking to you. Come on.